Good evening, everybody. Uh, in case uh, you haven't looked at your text yet, you're already watching this. Uh, Natalie just had the her little boy. Don't know any details, but uh, that is, <clears throat> excuse me, what is known at this time. So do remember uh, her in your prayers. Um, also, we'll go to the Lord in prayer and uh, be much in prayer for all those on our prayer request list. Get my pen off of here. Uh, continue praying for Sister Donna Fay and myself. We'll go to the uh, uh, surgeon on the 11th, Brother Mike. Their family uh, is uh, doing better back in their house, but still asking for prayers. Um, little Lucas is at home. Remember that. Remember Jason and Darren in your prayers. Uh, Brother Don Real, uh, he has an appointment on August 11th. He's going to have to have biopsies, so remember that. As we just mentioned, Natalie, uh, Sister Donna Arnold, Brother Jerry and Sister Joanne, uh, Norma Whitledge, Brother Bill and Sister Joanne Bynum, uh, Brother Johnny Belt, remember uh, their grandson Justin, Raquel Campbell, Billy Waters, uh, Donna Cottle, uh, Sister Rose Todd and her family, uh, Billy Lee, Brother Daniel and Sister Diane, Evan, Brother Lloyd Shores, Brother Chuck and Sister Rhonda, uh, Zach Dill and his family, uh, Salvation, uh, Grayson, Little Grayson, remember him, uh, Sister Gail's great-great-nephew, uh, all of our missionaries, uh, then uh, remember all those that are sick, and uh, Brother Randall Ray and their family, uh, help lift them up, <coughs> excuse me, in prayer as well. Uh, remember Brother Lonnie Burks, our revival, uh, this Friday and Saturday night at 7 o'clock at the church, 4001 Armour Avenue. Uh, do remember that, praying for Brother Lonnie, uh, looking forward to having him with us in service. So uh, do remember him in your prayers uh, this week and then praying for them on Sunday night. With that, we will go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll get into our uh, lesson this evening. Father, we thank you tonight for your love, mercy, and grace. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you, dear God, for all that you do for us. Lord, day by day and hour by hour, you're so gracious, so merciful. Father, we pray. Lord, I ask you tonight, help us to uh, be honoring to thee. Help us, Lord, we pray tonight uh, to... Uh, not react, Father, uh, in the flesh, but, Lord, in the spirit. Father, we pray tonight that you would touch every heart and soul. Uh, dear God, Father, you know the needs of each one. Lord, just draw us close to thee, Father, we pray. Draw us close one to another. And we ask you, dear God, for our brother Lonnie, Lord, just anoint and touch and help him as he comes, Father, to minister to us. And we'll give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise, Father, in Jesus' holy, holy name. And amen. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> if you've got your Bibles tonight, we're going to go through something. I um, tell you, I'm battling. Uh, uh, I, I, I want to say anger uh, in one aspect, but heartbreak in another aspect. And so, um, give me just a minute here.
anger because um, I see things going on today that are not right. Heartbreak because of those very same things. And I'm not going to necessarily cover uh, those um, what I will say as biblical issues because they're Bible issues in one aspect. But I do want to cover the Bible in God's Word and how God has stated things and said things throughout the Scripture. Matter of fact, God has has made them so um, evident in that we should be paying attention to it. And uh, something that stuck with me uh, since Sunday's uh, services uh, uh, in, in Sunday morning, uh, the scriptures that I read <clears throat> in regarding the Word of God and the statutes and the commandments of God. And the Bible tells us not to <clears throat> add unto them, right? And so it also tells us not to take away from them. The scriptures we read Sunday morning uh, said that we were not to add unto the commandments and the statutes and the Word of God. But it also said don't diminish them. So don't take away from them. Don't subtract from them. And so when I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about the things that are heavy on my mind and uh, even got heavier uh, this past week, um, I just wanted to look at the Word. And I was really praying and asking God, and I got things that are... Uh, I guess you could say studies or lessons or messages, and uh, nothing nothing was working. Nothing was coming there. And so uh, just praying and asking God, and these things begin to come to my mind. John 17, 17. I, I've read this passage many times, but I want us to read it again tonight, and I want us to think about what Jesus himself is saying okay John 17 17 when he was talking or praying to the father for you and I for the disciples for all those in the world basically and but all those that would accept him he made this statement this is fact so this is not opinion this is fact Jesus said sanctify them through thy truth and then he left this, these three, four words. Thy word is truth. God's word is truth. My opinion with God's word is my opinion with God's word. God's word is truth. The other is just my opinion. And today, <clears throat> we are dealing with folks who are allowing other people's opinions to influence them over what God's word is and what God's word says. And even to the point to where pastors are allowing this same influence to come in and, and I don't I don't know how to put it without being too mean on it, but they're allowing that influence to come in and change God's words and the meaning of God's word to in their lives. And so they're allowing things to happen or they're participating in things 
that is strictly against the Word of God. Again, the difference between God's Word, in my opinion, is God's Word is fact. It's His Word. It's what He said. My opinion is simply my opinion. I like hamburgers and hot dogs with ketchup, pickles, or pickle relish and cheese. I do not like mustard on them. My opinion. That's that's simplistic. That's easy. And, and you know, but when we break down the word of God, God's word is not an opinion. God's word is not up for interpretation. Uh, God's word is not up for translating it differently. It, it cannot be two different things. That's not God's word. And, and I was thinking <clears throat> this evening, and, and you know, I, I always say that, you know, get your King James Bible out. Read your King James Bible. This is the Word of God. Something come to my mind tonight when I was thinking and praying about this, and, and something extra come there. Only one Word of God can exist. Because if it doesn't agree, it can't be a Word of God. Now, there can be some words of God in it, uh, when I make my, my, my notes, okay, when I make my notes, it is not the Word of God, okay? But the Word of God is the meat of it. Why do you say that, Brother Arnie? Well, the title, The Glory of the Lord, okay? Now, that's in the Word of God, but that's not the Word of God right there. That's what I titled this. But all of these verses that follow, I've taken, I've printed them, I've copied them and printed them out from the Bible. These are the words of God. They're not up for, for you know, debate. These are the facts. I took them out of the Bible. Now then, if I change them, then I added to the word of God, right? Or I take away. I've added or I've diminished God's word. And and I'm going to have to do a study and see if that's found anywhere else in scripture. <clears throat> but the, the conclusion that, that, that it is, and, and I don't, again, I don't want to seem harsh, but I want to seem, I do want to just tell you how God gave it to me, what's, what's on my heart. He's only got one word. He's, he's only got one word. And when I say that, there can, there can only be one true word of God. There cannot be many different interpretations, translations, or opinionations, which ain't a word, of what God said. Either we've got it or we don't. But we can't have two of them. If they disagree, they're not the same. They're, they're different, and therefore only one can be right because my Bible tells me that God's word is truth. So what I'm reading here is truth. If I'm reading it, it's truth, and I must obey it. I must follow it. I, I, I must, you know, and I, and I say must, I, I should be totally sold out and in love with it. And just go back. Excuse me. Just a little ways back here. It doesn't take us very long, and I may be um, 
going too far back, but I don't think so. Let's see here. used this scripture so many times and uh, I just want you to think about what is said here alright I want to get to my right right place here Saul was given a message from the Lord. And what his message, he gets the message from God, and, and I'm not finding it right off the top of my head. It's kind of making me mad. He is supposed to go down and fight the Amalekites, and in fighting the Amalekites, he is to destroy the Amalekites utterly. There's not supposed to be anything left. There's supposed to be done. But we know this, that Saul does something different he goes against what God's word says and Samuel tells him he says is uh, uh, you know is is God as pleased with sacrifices as he is obedient Samuel first Samuel chapter 10 okay and uh, we get down to to the meat of this um, Still not the right place. But nevertheless, uh, maybe Netta can find it for me and I'll get to it. But but the the message from Samuel to Saul is that he's rejected. He's rejected as being king because he rejected the word of God. He he didn't uh, um he didn't listen to what thus saith the word of God and he didn't utterly kill everybody. He saved the best of the flocks. He saved the best of those things and then he saved the king alive and, and brought him out and whenever you get to that point there, uh, it, it just comes down to why did you do the thing that you did? Why did you allow this to happen? And Saul says he's he done everything that God told him to do. But then Samuel says, well, what's the, 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 the sheep that I'm hearing? And, and you just kind of go forth through there. And, and what, what is the land, you know? And, and why in the world would you keep the king alive? God told him to kill everybody. Was it that he felt sorry for him or something? We don't know that. But, but then Samuel tells him, he said, you did not do what God told you to do. You rejected the word of the Lord. In other words, Saul, you cannot rewrite it in the context that you want to in order to make yourself feel better so that you feel like you've done what God wanted you to do. And there are a lot of times that people do that, and when they do that, they reject God's word, and they choose another way, and they choose another word, and uh, I've even heard preachers say this, and I've said this before, uh, as I as I've been ministering, and because it was said to me one time, just flat out in plainness, you know, I said, why did you use that that version of the Bible? 
And they said, well, I was studying, and, and you know, I got three or four different versions there, and this was the one that, that I liked. I liked the way it said it best. But it didn't say what the King James said. Well, the King James is harder to understand. So, so my question is this. How hard is it to understand whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved? How hard is it to understand the Ten Commandments where God said, Thou shalt not, and then goes on to name what he said. You know, when we look at the Word of God, I may not understand everything God is doing. You know, His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I mean, it, 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 you know, I, I'll be honest with you. But I understand His Word. I, I can read it. I can see it. I can understand it. It used to be the only accepted thing as the Word of God. And then men got tired of what it said and started rewriting it and putting it into other versions. And then they figured out that if they held it that way and they copywritten that version, everybody who used that version printed off their bulletins or whatever and used their verses, they would have to pay them. So another, another person comes in, they says, well, if they're going to make money off it, I'm going to make money off it. And they write their own version. They copyright their version. And the next thing you know is they're copywriting their version that everything's falling there. They're making money off of it. And nobody, the King James, you can print as many of those scriptures as you want out of it. Why? It's free. You may have to buy the Bible from the publisher if you want one. I mean, I've got mine, and mine is from uh, uh, Kendricks or Hendricks. And, 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 you know, I paid them because they, they made what I liked. They made the copy. I, you know the print legible. They took away a lot of the side, all the side notes. I mean, it's filled with the scripture, and, and I liked it. It's it's light and thin, but they don't own what's inside of it. That's God's word. God owns that, and only God can change it. Your opinion and my opinion, stating well that was then, doesn't mean anything to God. We're just simply diminishing then the word of God to say it does not apply today. And yet every Christian that I know who's really a Christian, a born-again believer in Christ Jesus, stands on the faith of God, faith in God, and the grace that God give us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And, and if they're really a born-again believer, they, they have that in there, and they know that without the mercy of God, they would be in trouble. So if we can believe that, why are we having such a hard time believing that God has only one word? And why would we diminish it? Why would we allow somebody else to diminish it? Why would we be in the position that we're in saying, trying to defend our, our, our beliefs rather than just going back to the word of God? I told you my wife would find this for me. She found it for me. In First uh, Samuel chapter 15, when you go over here, it said the Lord sent thee on a journey, Samuel talking to Saul. Uh, the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? And by the way, this Bible that I'm holding this is the voice of God. 
This is what you and I have today. Wherefore, didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, and didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of the Amalekites, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now, if you go backwards, okay, let's look at what he says here. And Samuel said unto Saul, The Lord sent him to anoint thee to be king over his people Israel. Therefore hear thou the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, verse 2 of chapter 15, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. Slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together, numbered them in Tilma, 200,000 footmen, 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek, city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you shewed kindness to all the children of Israel when they were came out of the land of Egypt. So, so the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Hebel until they come to Shur that is over against Egypt. And he, I'm going to tell you something right here. Read what this Bible says. Read what the word says. Sanctify them by thy word. Sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. He, in the Bible, God is saying that Saul had this. Saul did this. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Saul changes it. And they do the things that they do. And Saul starts blaming the people. After he says, I did what God told me to do. Bless the Lord. I, I was obedient. So then in verse 20, And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way that the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of, the, king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Well, was Agag not an Amalekite? So how can you utterly destroy the Amalekites if you leave them alive? But the people took of the spoils, the sheep and the ox and chief things, which should have been utterly destroyed, the sacrifice unto the Lord the God, unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Samuel said, Hath the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to his obey is better than the sacrifice, and to hear than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now, you want to try to split hairs on this? You go ahead. But Samuel said right there, Hath the Lord uh, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? See, when I think about an offering and a sacrifice, it is something that I do in order to give glory to God. 
I, I offer my time. I offer my money. I sacrifice my time. I sacrifice my money. I sacrifice me. I'm offering God me. I, I'm, you know, whatever it is that I can do, whatever it is God wants me to do, I, I lay it out there so that I can do that for God. And most assuredly, God says, here's what I want you to do, Ernie, then that's what I need to do. And if I say, well, God, you know what? I didn't want to offend nobody. I didn't want to rub nobody wrong. And so, you know, God, I didn't quite go down that road. Right? I didn't quite take that stand. And, you know, I did everything you told me to do. I just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't back brash or bold or, you know. Jesus called them vipers. Paul said, bring forth meat, or Stephen said, bring forth meat worthy of repentance. John called them vipers. I mean, when we stop to think about it, Jesus told the, the Pharisees they were their father, the devil. You talk about rubbing people the wrong way. See, to obey the word of God, this Bible, your King James Bible, I'm going to state it over and over again as long as I live. You can only have one word of God. In my opinion, does not change God's word. God's word changeth not. Bible tells us that God said not one jot nor tittle shall pass away until everything is done. Think about it this way. It, 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 we're going to see a new heaven and a new earth, according to the Bible, but there's not going to be a change in the word of God. So when I see people purposely ignoring the word of God, misleading others, it, it, it just really aggravates me. When I see people it, who I knew took a stand and stand, stood right there on the word of God, but now they're changing a little bit. And, and they'll even say, well, times are changing. That, boy, that, that hurts me. Because the last thing I want to see is for people who stood on truth and stood on principle and stood on the word of God, allowing us in these last days and these last moments of time to, to begin to diminish the word of God and not hold that standard. Now, I'm not lying to you. I'm not perfect. Strive every day. Try my best. You know, some days are rough. Some days I feel like the devil's got me by the nap of the head, and I mean just shaking me every which way he wants to, but loose. Some days I, in the flesh, react in ways that I shouldn't react. Those are the days that I know that i got to get right with God. The days that the devil's just shaking me around, I'm praying for God to just come in there and thump him to let me go. I don't want him to, I, I say, control me. I don't, I don't want him bugging me, you know. And he pushes. He, he's, he's a destroyer. The flesh is ugly too, you know. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Which one are we going to sow to? Have a gentleman talking to me just yesterday about some situations. He was asking me, and he said, I believe in karma. 
I said, well, I don't believe in karma, but the Bible does say that you will reap what you sow. That's the Bible. And I know a whole lot of people, a whole lot of Christian folks who, who, who say, well, just you can just leave it alone. The Bible says, God says that this is what's going to happen. You know, let them alone. Do. But at the same time, they'll stand on God's word when they're saying the Bible says that God, vengeance belongs to God and, and they're going to let God take care of it are the same type of people sometimes who will go and they'll say the very opposite about God's word. Well, it's not the same today. So, when you go over to the book of Revelations, <coughs> excuse me, I want you to look at this for just a second. Let's, let's cover 21 and then 22. In chapter 21, verse 6, it says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega. Jesus is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the starter and the finisher. He's it. The beginning and the end. I will give unto him that a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now think about this very carefully here. What is God telling us? He that overcometh, overcomes the world, overcomes opinions. In other words, he is that one, they're, they're the ones that believe in the word of God, believe there is a word of God, and hold to that. And, and they don't allow opinions to alter the word of God. Now, opinions can alter opinions. Again, you know, uh, I, I did. I never liked broccoli, but I love cheese. My wife makes broccoli and cheese. Throws a little rice in there. Gobble it up. Why? Because I like cheese. Come to find out, I like cheese on broccoli. Changed my opinion of broccoli. Didn't change my opinion of eating it raw, you know, but, but I'll eat broccoli now. And you know, before I turned it up all the time, but then I tried it. My opinion was changed. Somebody says, well, your taste changes as you grow old. Okay, it does. But on the same side of that, somebody convinced me to try something that I hadn't tried, and I tried it, and I liked it. So my opinion of this thing changed. But when it comes to the Word of God, it does not change. And if your opinion changes on the Word of God, then you are the one in the wrong, unless you're changing back, changing to the fact that God's Word is true. God's Word is settled in heaven, by the way. Thy word is settled in heaven. God's not sending new messengers. God's not sending new prophecies to change his word, to add to his word. We don't need any of that. We need to get back into the old book, which is the Bible, the King James, and follow it. It does tell us how to get to heaven. It does tell us what it takes to get through this world. And by the way, he says, he that overcometh, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, a lot of times people's opinions change because they're afraid of other people's opinions. The unbelieving, 
Matter of fact, the unbelieving will press on the believer to change their opinion or their thoughts on the Word of God, the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God. And the unbelieving, how can I put it this way? Because it sounds like a contradiction. But there are people who profess to be believers in God, believers in Christ, and believers in the Word of God, but they don't believe everything in the Bible. And they don't believe that the Bible is written exactly the way God intended it for it to be today, and therefore it must be translated differently or interpreted differently or an opinion can come out of it differently. And so they change God's Word because they don't believe it's still the same. That just doesn't make sense to me, church. We understand abominable people. They're, they're just vicious murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Can I tell you what a liar is? Somebody doesn't tell the truth. I've lied. That would make me a liar. But ask God to forgive me and set me on the right track. And now I believe God's word is true. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. So when we say that God's word does not mean what God's word says, then we're saying that God is a liar. I mean, after all, think about it. People go to church every day carrying what they call a holy Bible. And you can go into church and there might be six different forms of what is called a holy Bible. And they don't agree. So which one is true and which ones are not? Because only one of them can be right. Only one of them can be the word of God. The standard is set in the word of God and is supposed to be held by us, especially pastors, preachers, evangelists. We should be holding this, this Bible, this standard that God has given us. We should be holding it up and not wavering from it, not diminishing it, and, and not changing it to suit our opinion today. Or think about it this way. I, I was thinking about this. The, the modern preacher today um, coming into church on Sunday morning uh, with their shirt unbuttoned down so far or, or dressed like they... I don't want to say hippie, but but some of them just exactly that way. And they got no reverence for the house of God, and they don't open up a King James Bible. Most of them don't even open up a Bible. Most of them just read one verse, and then they go the whole 35 minutes telling everybody, God loves you, have a wonderful day, you know, make sure you put your money in the offering plate on the way out. Because all they care about is what they're going to get from you. And it doesn't matter if you get anything from them. But I'm going to tell you something, church. If you're not getting anything from me, then, then something's amiss. I'm trying my best to deliver the word of God. Not the word of Ernie, the word of God. And we ought to expect that from our pastors and our evangelists and from ourselves. Jump over into the 22nd chapter there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let, let's just 
jump to the 12th verse and he said behold I come and behold I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be and I, I tell folks all the time when we start debating over the rewards of heaven there's not anything I can do to get any more than you get when we get to heaven. The reward of heaven is heaven. Eternal life with Christ Jesus, with God the Father, the Holy Ghost. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He just here said that he was the same thing God just said he was over here in the other book, chapter. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right or have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Blessed are they that do his commandments. They follow the word of God. Remember Jesus tells us in John, he that loveth me keepeth my commandments. And he said, my commandments are not grievous. This word of God is not grievous. Matter of fact, it's a delight because it tells me what is right and what is wrong. It is the shininess of, of my life, an example to me so that I can see just exactly what God expects of me and to live according to what God expects of me above and beyond what any man may. If I hold to what thus saith the word of God, I don't have to apologize to anybody. If I mess up, I do. I tell you the truth, church, I'd rather be an offense to everybody around me than to be an offense to God. Don't set out to be a stinker, so to say. But let's be right. Let's be honest. Let's be fair with God. Let's stand the test of time with God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is so here we go again for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie I Jesus have sent my angel to testify unto you or testify unto you these things in the churches I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star and the spirit and the bride say come let him that heareth say come and let him that a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the word of the prophecy of this book. And I'm going to tell you something right now, church. I believe this means every word written down in the King James Bible starting at Genesis 1-1. Not just simply what's written in the book of Revelations. There are a lot of people who say, well, that's only meaning in the book of Revelations. Listen to me. Revelations has things prophesied. The Word of God has things that have not happened. The Old Testament are those prophecies that have things still that have not happened or had not happened. And they are still the prophecy of this book. And the prophecy is God's prophecy. Not yours or mine's, but God's. If any man shall add unto the things God add unto these things God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book 
you and I do not have a right to add to the Word of God. And if we add to the Word of God, God will add unto us the plagues in the book, in this book. Think about that. Verse 19, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Church, I'm telling you, God's serious about his Bible. God is serious about his word. He'll take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He would testify these things, saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So he closes with the warnings. He, he closes. Think about this. In chapter 21, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Who is he that overcometh? He that Even he that overcometh the world, John tells us. But the fearful, unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, of, uh, lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Just, just think about what God's saying there. And that's why I say, I, tr I try to, I want to just contain within, you know, and, and not say something that I shouldn't say, but it just makes me so mad sometimes. When people see what thus saith the word of God, and they just say, well, that was then, or that's not today. And they hold to it. And preachers preach it and teach it. I asked somebody the other day who, they was talking about the church that they went to and that their pastor used a different version. They, they still love the King James, but he used a different version. I said, how does he preach Daniel or Jesus in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Think about it. How does he preach Jesus as the bright and morning star? And that Lucifer was the one who was thrown out of heaven. If you use a different version, I, I ask you, I challenge you, go to the book of Daniel, the third chapter. Read what it says in the 25th verse. Maybe even the 26th. Go to the book of Isaiah. Read what it says in the 14th chapter. Who was thrown down out of heaven? In my King James Bible, it says Lucifer was. In other versions, it says the morning star was. Jesus is the morning star. He just declared himself to be the bright and morning star. Lo, I see four men in the fiery, in, in, in the form of the fourth is like the son of God. I won't get all that verse right. You can read it. But in the other versions, it says the form of the fourth is like a son of the gods. So who did he see? Jesus? or a false god. I don't think a false god would have let Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go because after all, they refused to bow down and worship the false god. Don't want to cause strife. 
I just want to challenge folks to really look at their hearts, look at what God's Word says, and determine within themselves what they need to be doing according to the Word of God. Again, if I go and miss it, if I say something wrong, if I mispronounce words, you know, I, I may not get everything right in that, but, but I say, if I put words in the wrong order, and my wife has come and said, you know what, you said that this way, it, it, you, you just got in a hurry and you said you read it this way, but this is what it really said. It, that alters the meaning. you got to go back and fix it. I'm going to hold to the truth and not to a lie. I'm just challenging everybody else to do the same. And understand this, I'm not declaring myself perfect. I'm not declaring myself the best. I'm just saying that God's word is. God's word is perfect. God's word is the best. And it's your King James Bible. In, and that's not my opinion. That's just fact. It's got it right. Study it and figure it out. Father, tonight I thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace. I thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you give us, Lord. I'm praying tonight, Father, that you'd help me and help those, Father, who may be hearing or will be hearing. God, I pray, Lord, help us to be an influence around us, Father, not for myself, but for you. And, Lord, I just ask you tonight, draw us close to thee and one to another. Again, we ask you, Father, that you would reach down and touch Brother Lonnie and help him prepare him, dear God, as he prepares to come for us. And we'll give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. Don't forget, if you can, come by the church, 4001 Armour Avenue. Be with us Friday and Saturday night, Brother Lonnie Burks. And uh, if you can't, pray for us. Uh, we will be live streaming. Uh, so we will be on Facebook and Sermon Audio uh, Friday and Saturday night as well if you can't make it by. Or you can catch us at a later uh, time by those two uh, streamings. Uh, but God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time. God willing.